Grab a seat. Well, again, good morning. It's great to be together uh, again today. Um, if you've been here uh, the last few weeks, you know that we are working our way through uh, a series in Acts. Um, we're going to take a little uh, break from Acts this week and actually camp out uh, in the passage we just heard on Romans. So if you want to open your Bible to Romans chapter 8, uh, we're going to be in those verses 14 through 17. Romans chapter 8, 14 through 17. And if you want to grab one of those blue Bibles that's on the seat back in front of you, it's page 800. Um, so uh, about 12 years ago, uh, right after Langley and I got married, um, some friends of ours were getting married, and they invited us to be a part of their wedding. Uh, and they asked us if we would read Scripture, but they wanted us to read Scripture together as a couple. They thought that would be really special. So in the ceremony, we, we stood up and went up, and I think Langley read the first part of 1 Corinthians 13, and, and I read the second half. And, and then we sat down um, after, uh, after the you know, ceremony was over, uh, we all went and celebrated at a reception, um, as you do. And I'll never forget, at the reception, uh, an older gentleman, he walked up to me, and he just, he, he was clearly kind of emotional, even a little teary-eyed, and he said to me, he said, he said, sir, I just, I wanted to come over and tell you, you know, I've been to a lot of weddings in my life, and I've seen a lot of people read scripture in weddings but I just have to tell you, what I just saw today was one of the most beautiful and powerful things I've ever seen because I have never seen a man read with his daughter in a wedding ceremony. <laughs> I wish I could tell you I handled that gracefully. I did not. I mean, I was like, I'm in my 30s, man. Come on. Seven years older than her. Give me a break. It's not that big a deal. <laughs> I tell that story this morning because family uh, can be a beautiful and confusing thing, obviously. Uh, what does family look like? What does family feel like? Uh, family can be both a difficult thing and a beautiful thing that's a blessing. Um, and as uh, we talk this morning, I, I want to kind of... Uh, come at this idea of family, because what fascinates me about family is that of all the ways that God could have kind of revealed uh, our relationship with him and, and the way our relationship with each other works uh, with God, of all the ways he could have kind of talked about that or framed that, one of the ways he does that in the scriptures uh, most prominently is with this idea of family. He talks about his followers, his church as family. Um, Jesus talked about family a lot, and not about his blood family, but actually uh, about um, his family, uh, the church. In Matthew 12, Jesus was teaching one day, and his mom and his siblings actually came, and they interrupted him while he was teaching, and he turned to his followers, and he said, who is my family? And to paraphrase, he said, y'all, y'all are my family, my followers, you who do the will of the Father, you are my family. And Jesus, when he talked about God, he talked about God as his father. That was his favorite way to speak about his relationship with God. In fact, in Aramaic, he used a word called Abba, which is this kind of endearing term for father, almost to translate it as daddy, this really intimate term. And so for Jesus to follow him, to trust him, was to be welcomed in and born into this new family, the family of God. 
And so that's why I hear at Apostles, when we talk about community, we talk about community as family. Uh, Jesus took this idea of God's family seriously, and so we want to take it seriously too. Now, we could say a lot this morning about what it means to live as God's family. Um, But I want to kind of focus in on these verses in Romans chapter 8 and talk a little bit about how we become a part of God's family. So in Romans 8, which we just read, uh, the Apostle Paul writes these words. He says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, he writes. Paul, in other words, says that becoming part of God's family comes through faith in Jesus, and it's like adoption. We are adopted, he says, by the Father as sons. So what does he mean by that? What is this kind of understanding of our faith and coming into the family of God as adoption? Well, it's important to understand that in ancient Roman culture, adoption was a little different than the way it works today. So if a Roman boy uh, was adopted, it meant that all of his past debts, anything associated with him from his family, all past debts were immediately forgiven. Uh, His name was changed. He became the son of fill-in-the-blank, his new father. Uh, And from that day forward, he uh, basically became a full heir to his new father. So just as if he had been born as a natural son into that family, he now was entitled to the inheritance as a son. And this was the law uh, in Roman culture. And what's really fascinating about that is in a culture where social status, security, and family name are so inextricably tied... Uh, It's really incredible because it transforms a person's identity completely to be adopted. Now, notice what Paul doesn't say here. He doesn't say that we are adopted as sons and daughters. He specifically says sons. Um, And that's because daughters in Roman culture in this time did not have this kind of special status as adopted children. So um, far from being a slight against women in this text, what actually Paul is saying is he's making a radical claim for his day that men and women alike have the exact same privileges in God's family. That despite what the culture says, this is how God sees us, that all our spiritual debts are forgiven, that we take our Father's heavenly name, that we are his children and we become co-heirs in Christ. We are welcomed into the family of God which means we live and we suffer and we experience blessing together. We call God Father, Abba, Daddy. That's what happens when we come into this amazing relationship with God. So again, that's why here at Apostles we want to live in community as family because that's who we are. And what's uh, really encouraging to me is just in the short time that Langley and I have been here, I would certainly describe the way that we've been received into this community as that we, we feel adopted. We feel like we have been adopted and welcomed in to this church family. And I see this expressing itself in all kinds of ways. I think just the ministry of hospitality that we have as a community, the welcoming nature of our community is because we understand ourselves as family, as the family of God. I think that works itself out on Sunday mornings. I think it works itself out in our life groups. I love the way that we love our children, that we love children in this community. I mean, we just saw that stream of kids um, go out, and we have a ton of kids, and we love them well. Um, real tangible way this came uh, to me this past, I guess like two weeks ago, was uh, our twins are in eighth grade at a school here in the Heights, and they had a grandparents' day. Now, our kids' grandparents, 
They, two weeks ago? Second grade, what did I say? Eighth grade, they're eight years old. They're in second grade. Golly. Yeah, it's going to be, yeah. It's going to be rough. Parenting is fun. Um, so last week, our eight-year-old second grade twins, they had a grandparents' day at their school. Now, our kids' grandparents all live on the East Coast, so their grandparents couldn't be there. And what was amazing to me was that um, Vaughn and Les Clark, members of our community here, members of the Apostles family, they came as kind of step-in grandparents for my kids. And they loved it. They felt it was so special. And, again, it's, it's, just, it's just part and parcel of this idea of being God's family. I don't know if you're aware of this, but so, like, from the beginning of Apostles, everyone was expected to serve in the children's ministry. Uh, and as a part of that, it meant that all these grandparents um, were serving in the kids' ministry. And one of the things that happened is that not only do we have a ton of kids, you know, here in our church, we have all these adults who our kids know, and if they're grandparents, they know them by their grandparent name. So they know them as, you know, Bop or Kiki or um, Boompa or all these names that these kid, people's own grandparents, our own grandkids call their grandparents. All the kids in our church know these people that way. And it's a small thing. I mean, but I think it's this profound thing because what it does is it reinforces and it points back to this amazing reality that we are family, that we are God's family and we live that way as those who have been adopted into this family. Um, and the thing about it, too, I think is it's really important. It's not just some kind of sentimental, cute thing. Um, th- this idea of God's family is part of Jesus' call on our lives. In Galatians 6, Ephesians 2, 1 Timothy 5, the Apostle Paul, he says over and over that we are part of the household of God. And he encourages us as members of the household of God to use our gifts for the good of the family. And so that means we're all called um, to family ministry. All of us, no matter what season of life we're in, we're all called to the family of God's ministry. So that means all of us, no matter if we're men, women, single, married, older, no matter where we are in life, we are called to be um, spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers in this community. Uh, spiritual brothers and sisters, we are called to relate to one another in this profound way to love and serve one another as family. But here's, here's the other piece of that. It's not just for our own sake. It's not just for the sake of this group in this room or this congregation, this community. It's actually um, to be a blessing. It's to be a blessing for those outside in our city, those in particular who are lost sons and daughters of the Father you might say, Um, those who are spiritual and I would say even literal orphans in the world whom God longs to adopt into his family. You know, one of the most essential questions we can ever ask in our life is who am I? All of us are looking to discover who we really are. And our blood family can kind of help us uh, figure that out. It's a part of answering that question. Um, but the reality is that for actual orphans, so those children in the world who don't have a blood family, this question of who am I is a really difficult question to answer, this question of identity. And so many children, even after they're adopted uh, by loving families, struggle. They have this identity crisis in their life, and they struggle with this question, who am I? 
And to me, this just points again at how this connects. All these things connect uh, for me and why adoption care uh, and foster care and adoption are so important. Because it's about the power of the gospel, right? It's about the gospel that tells us who we are. It's about the gospel that proclaims in word and deed to the children of our city, the children of our world, that you are the Father's beloved, that you are adopted children in his family. Our city is full of children who feel forgotten. Um, Children trapped in the foster care system, aging into adulthood with no permanent family. Children who believe no one wants them, that no one loves them. Children who are victims of abuse and neglect. Children caught in the horrific and evil human traffic industry that is thriving in the city of Houston. There are moms this morning who feel alone and scared in their pregnancy. And they are being told the best thing for them is to end their pregnancy. To terminate the life of this child growing in their womb. This is the world in which we live But Jesus, Jesus holds out hope for these children. Jesus holds out hope. And as those who have been adopted into the family of God, who know who we are, our hearts then long, just as the Father's heart longs for these children to know who they are and to know that they are loved and they're invited in. As Psalm 68 says, that they have a God who is the father to the fatherless and protector of widows. And so for us, foster care and adoption is not about politics. It's not about economics. It's not about social justice. It's about all those things, but it's more. It's really spiritual warfare. It's about seeing the evil in the world overcome by the power of the cross. It's a testimony to the power of the gospel to actually rescue and redeem people in this world. And it's a part of our calling as followers of Jesus as God's family, as James 1.27 says, to look after the orphans and the widows. And so I'm excited this morning for us as a community because um, I want us to just continue to, to think uh, about this issue. And, and I don't know what the Lord wants to do. Um, uh, there's a huge need, and we're a small community. But I am convinced that this, this is something the Lord is inviting us to step into and to trust him in. And so to help us think uh, about some of the ways that we might um, be able to do that, uh, I've invited my friend, uh, new friend, Amber Knowles, uh, to come this morning and just share a little bit about her personal story uh, with foster care and adoption, uh, and then also just some of the things that God is doing in our city uh, in response to this incredible need uh, among the children in our city. So would you all give uh, Amber a, a big hand as she comes up?
Thank you, Amber. Um, I did, one, of the, one of the things that uh, I just loved hearing about when I first met uh, with Amber was what she shared with you today, just uh, about the overwhelming need, but also just, I think, the unique position that God has placed us uh, at, in as the church. Um, and she mentioned this, just that, you know, that we've known and we've known because we've experienced the love of God and how that transforms a person's life. And so that's, that really is the heart uh, behind anything um, that we want to be about doing here is we want to see God bring redemption and restoration and healing and wholeness in the name of Jesus. And so we want that for these 700 and some odd children in the foster care system um, today and the many more um, in, our children, in our city who are uh, really forgotten. Um, uh, Amber mentioned that uh, there may be some folks in here that are considering the possibility of fostering or adopting a child. And I know there are. Some of you have told me that you've been thinking about this and praying about this and that uh, it is overwhelming uh, even to begin to think and pray about. Um, but the other thing that I really was encouraged about, and I hope you heard this this morning, is, um, is if you do feel called to foster or adopt, um, you don't do that alone. Um, you do that as a part of a family, as a part of God's family, um, that this community uh, would come alongside and be a part of that. And that's a gift both um, to those of you who might be called to foster and adopt and a gift to us to be the family of God in this really unique and beautiful way. Um, and so I, I know this is a little out of order of what we usually do, but I, I just feel led that we should set aside some time this morning and just pray. Um, there are hundreds of kids right now uh, in our city who don't believe they're loved, who don't feel known, who don't feel like they have a place, who don't feel safe. Um, and honestly, I don't know how many people in our city are lifting them up and praying for them even today. And so if we do nothing else um, today, maybe that's what the Lord's calling us to do first, is just to step into this by praying um, for these children. Um, so let's just pray. And if you feel led to pray out loud, I invite you to, to pray out loud. Um, uh, but let me uh, let me... Just ask the Lord to lead us in prayer for these children in our city. Heavenly Father, you, um, you have given us the spirit of adoption uh, as your children. Lord, with all uh, the joy and the privilege and, Lord, just everything that comes in the name of Jesus. And so we're just so grateful for that, Lord. We give you thanks for that. We give you thanks this morning for who we are as your children adopted into your family because of the cross and by the power of the resurrection. We have been born into this new family. And so we want to give you thanks for that. And Lord, we also just want to be um, people whose hearts are tender and soft uh, to the world outside that desperately needs to hear that good news, that there is a heavenly father who loves them and knows them and is inviting them in to his family. And so, Lord, we just come before you this morning and we lift up these children in our own city. Lord, maybe they're children um, in the foster care system. Maybe they're children in homes where they're experiencing abuse and neglect. Or children in the human trafficking um, of our city. Or those who are wrestling with what to do with, with an unplanned pregnancy. Lord, we just we want to lift up these children to you this morning.
Father, we love because you first loved us. Lord, that your love overcame death and the grave. And Lord, we pray that through the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that we can uh, proclaim and show that love to these, these children who are hurting, to these families who are hurting, Lord, mm-hmm. that we would not seek ways uh, and look for ways to, to maybe see how we don't play into that role, Lord, but that we would actively seek out ways in which you're calling us to love these children, to love these families, Lord, to support the ministries uh, of your love and word and truth being proclaimed to them, Lord. So, uh, Lord, we pray that you would come to us now, Lord, that you would give us wisdom, you would give us clarity, Lord, that you would help us to discern how individually individually and corporately, Lord, that we can uh, reach out our hands and our hearts uh, to these families who are hurting, to these children who are hurting, Lord, that they would know uh, the wholeness and completeness and glory of your love in their lives, Lord, and that we as the church would be a huge part in stepping forward uh, to, to be light and salt in these situations. Father, we, we do ask that you would help us to see maybe the specific, particular ways that we can um, honor you and bring glory to, to Christ in this area of, uh, of our city, Lord, just that you um, would make it very clear to those folks who are asking the question, are you calling me to foster or adopt? 
a child. Lord, we pray for courage for those people. And we pray, Lord, that you would surround them uh, with others who would come alongside them and uh, support them, encourage them, pray for them, walk with them on this journey. And Lord, I pray for um, those of us who don't feel called to that, Lord, that, that we would see the gifts that you've given us and that we might ask, Lord, is there something that you're calling me to do? And what that might be. So Lord, we just pray that you would, you would lead us in this. Lord, we can't just figure this out. We need you to lead us. And so Holy Spirit, would you guide us and give us wisdom and give us your heart for the fatherless and for the widow. Lord, we need you. And we all need you. And so this morning, we want to confess that uh, together. 